Hey, what's up, everybody? This is Joey Galvez. I want to tell you guys a little bit about the Department of Metahuman Affairs. This one is a story about a team led by a retired sidekick, two felons, a failed actor from Broadway, and a reprogrammed cyborg. But their first mission is to stop the criminals who have robbed a bank, and they will have to set the world at ease. You're going to get 180 pages of entertainment action-packed awesomeness right here in the first six issues in a collected hardcover volume one all you got to do is head on over to kickstarter.com and type in the department of metahuman affairs or dma and check it out right now hey this is liz this is heather this week we are celebrating national book lovers day with some of our very favorite series of all times all right hit that music So today is actually National Book Lovers Day. So we wanted to sit down and talk about some of our favorite books uh, that we we're not doing a book club on them per se, but we wanted to just sit down and, and give some shout out to our love of books because I am a huge fan. You know, surprisingly, when I decided to put five or so books or book series together, I didn't have a lot of like fantasy or sci-fi or on there. I had one that could be considered fantasy, but most of them are like what is formally called chiclet. <laughs> ah, nice. <laughs> yeah, I think probably what I'm currently reading the most are like I go back and forth between romance novels, which I went to a book event yesterday with our friend Jenny Kelly. And the the lady was like, what do you read? I was like, mm, a lot of smut, to be honest. <laughs> I, I enjoy those kind of things uh, as a good escape. But I also read a lot of biographies, autobiographies, and mysteries are also really big in my uh, thing. So I'm also not one that I don't read a ton of sci-fi and fantasy and like this lady I was talking to yesterday is like, oh, well, if you like romance, I've got sci-fi, I've got fantasy, I've got body switchers, I've got this one was kidnapped and they have to copulate. I'm like, mm, okay, I just like it when they fuck. Like, you know, <laughs> I don't need all the jazz. I really don't need all the jazz. I it's just, yeah. So I don't need to try and understand how it works. No. <laughs> in order to <laughs> I don't. It's like, it's a true escape, not a let me escape and figure something out. So yeah, no. Uh, but none of those made my list either. So when we talked about okay. this, like, um, you know, Paul was asking me, like, oh, what are you going to pick? And I was like, eh, the hard thing is, like, trying to pick my favorite book ever. He's like, that would be like trying to pick your favorite child. I'm like, no, no, I think I could do that, like, way, way easier and faster <laughs> than I can come up with one single, like, book that's the book in my life. So like you, I, I did um, series, actually, like, what do I read the most often? Or what do I like to listen to over and over? So that's kind of where mine went. But I also have a couple just single books that just t I tend to either listen to or read like on a loop. So yeah, I'm just going to put out there that I'm not talking about Harry Potter, but Harry Potter is like my number one. Yeah, Harry Potter's not in my top five, though I have read it a lot and do enjoy it a lot. And we can talk about it extensively and do. But I would say if I'm looking at like favorite books of all time, it's it's maybe like number six. So hmm. all right. 
or the series. Well, why don't you start off telling me what's on your list? Okay, so I don't know if you've read any of the books that I'm going to tell you about. Mm -hmm. So there was a series um, called the Walsh Family Series, and it was an Irish author by the name of Marion Keyes. Mm -hmm. Now, I think the first one came out in 95, and then like in every five or so years after that. There's five total books in there, actually six. I think one of them is like a short story, because I never read the last one. Mm -hmm. But... It's like each sister is in this story. It's such a cute, cute series. It starts with watermelon. It goes on. But again, it's Irish chiclet. It's back before cell phones were a thing. And Google, <laughs> you could just Google up something. But I just had so much fun reading these. And I really, really enjoyed them. I didn't start reading them until like 2007, though. So even though it came out in 95. Is it one where they'll like start with one, like, let's say sister in this case, they start with one sister and basically go through hers and the others come in as supporting. And then mm -hmm. the next book is like the next sister story. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And so she'll like occasionally mention one of the sisters kind of in the book and with something compelling. And you're like, oh, that's interesting. And then, you know, book a few years later comes out and it's that sister with the compelling component, you know. Yeah, I found that with a lot of the chiclet romance type books that I have, they're the same way. So again, it'll be one couple story. And then as they're finding their happily ever whatever, then like the next one who was sort of a minor bit part or had a mention here or there, then they get their series. And the other person, you know, falls mm -hmm. into the background. So yeah, yeah, this was my first kind of experience with chiclet. And so it really always kind of resonated with me. And I really enjoy it. It's a fun series. Um, but I don't know if it started out being a series. It just got really popular. Well, I'll have to look into that one. So yeah, very cool. Well, the first one on my list, and this is probably the series that I've been reading the longest and have read the most books of. And this these are the Joe Lee Porn Navajo Tribal Police Mystery Series by Tony Hillerman. I love these books. So it all takes place there in that, you know, Navajo reservation, four corners kind of area of the Southwest. Um, he again, Joe Lee Porn, he's a lieutenant, he's like super, super smart. You know, there will be elements of kind of the mystical, mythical Native American kind of, you know, ghosts and monsters and things that come up in that mythology, and then just actual true like police and crime fighting work. So and, and I actually I think I listened to the very first one of these books when I was about 13. And my family was going on like a family trip, like a two week driving juggernaut. And my dad had this as an audio book. So I heard the first one that way. And I've just kind of been hooked ever since. And because of course, these books have been around since like, the 70s, like the author died um, about 10 years ago now, maybe a little bit longer. And I was so sad when he did because like, where am I going to get my books? But again, so he's been writing forever. So he had this this main character of Joe Lee Porn. And then he kind of brought in like a protege whose name is Jim Chi. Then there was a long group where, you know, the lieutenants now kind of retired or in the background. And so Jim Chi takes on and then he gets married, and this is right around the time that Hillerman died, is when the Jim Chi character gets married. And now Tony Hillerman's daughter Anne has picked up writing the series, but instead of trying to take on Joe or Jim, she actually takes it from Chi's wife, Bernadette. So it all switches to to Bernie's perspective, and it still has the other characters in it, and it stays within the same vein and style, which is nice. 
but again, it's not hit her trying to to be him. It's it's taking on a different voice. So I really enjoyed that part. That's really cool, especially since it can continue. Mm-hmm. I know that uh, Kitty, one of our Patreons, loves this series too. When Kitty and I first met, or when we first somehow this book came up. And I was like, oh, my God, nobody else I know of, like, other than people I've gotten to start reading them. She's the only person I know who had actually read them, like, outside of me. So I thought that was really cool that find somebody else. So. Even most of my books, uh, nobody else I know has read them unless I made them read them. <laughs> yeah, I just finished my 98th book of 2019. So... Uh, yeah, I've read a lot of books just this year alone. So I yeah, I'm always in that kind of category of I'm the only person who's ever heard of this, but that's okay. That's another reason why I read so many like chiclet and romance novels, because when you do ebooks, you can get them for free a lot. So, <laughs> All right. Well, you know, another book, a series that I really enjoyed, and it kind of, uh, you know, like a lot of series, though, it kind of started to go a little, right, little yeah, you know, I can only describe it. Like, it's just maybe it ended a little later than it should have. Mm-hmm. Um, but um, it was the Sookie Stackhouse series by Charlene Harris. Yeah, I think I started, I read those. That's how you and I got to be friends was uh, yeah. was through those books, actually. And I think you had given me, I don't know, three or four of them to read. You know, like, hi, I just met you. Here's a stack of books. And I was like, hi, I like you. Thanks for the books. <laughs> so, and so, yeah, I read three or four of those and then kind of lost lost a little interest at that point. But Yeah, it started, I mean, I loved the series. And um, I loved them all, you know, once around book 11 or so, they just kind of started going downhill. It ended on book 13 or so. So, but we still got so much such a long time, a long run with it. And this is probably the smuttiest of my groupings of books. There's a lot of vampire sex in it. Yeah, I think that was the first book I ever read that I was like, oh, wait, whoa, it's actual sex. Because like, Mm -hmm. I grew up with a grandmother who read who read romance novels, like they were everywhere. They, you know, the Fabio covers and the flowing hair and pecs and historical looking stuff. And I don't read historical romance. So I, and on, and even then, like, honestly, until I read some of these books a couple of years ago, I just didn't really understand. I just assumed romance books were just kind of that sappy, flowing pride and prejudice kind of language until yeah. I sat down and read my first one. I was like, Oh, wow. They just fucked. Oh, my, okay. Like, <laughs> and then I was like, Oh, okay. Grandma was reading porn all those years. <laughs> yep. Watching oh, kids, so funny. watching kids at the pool, just reading a book, doing her thing. I'm like, all right, Grandma, go for it. So, all right. So the the second book on my series is actually really new to me. I say I say new to me in that I've been reading the books for maybe a, about a year. Like a year ago or so, I was looking for something to read, and my dad happened to have a, a like a paperback laying around. He's like, "Well, why don't you give this one a try? It's really pr- pretty good." So I read it and I was like, oh, I really do like this. And then I'd read a couple others of this author as they popped up. The author is J.A. Jantz is her name. Um, And I'd read a couple others when they had popped up in the library. And I really liked them. But I realized, oh, these these must be a an actual series because they're talking, you know, they keep referencing things from before or crossovers between characters. So I decided that, well, since I've got the library and I've got the time, I'll just go back and read the series from the beginning and just read them in order. So I'm now on the, I think I just finished the 17th book of the original character and about the 10th book of the secondary character. And the original character's name is JP Beaumont and he is a homicide detective in Seattle. 
So it's all these police procedural homicide, you know, mystery kind of series. And then the second series picks up with a sheriff. Her name is Sheriff Joanna Brady out in Arizona. So, um, you know, it's, they're really, they're very similarly written. Like they're really cool. Paul really likes them when he, he walks in and hears me listening because he, he's like, God, she really, you said this is a woman writer. I said, yeah, she's a woman, but you know, she does the initial thing. So I'm sure people don't realize she's a woman. Uh, and uh, he's like, she writes men really well, like their inner dialogue and things like that, which which I she, I agree. She does. I mean, as far as I can tell from, you know, not being a man. I don't think men are as complicated as uh, they, they lead to be, though. <laughs> That's probably true. It's probably a lot easier for a woman to write a man than the other way around. But <laughs> yeah, because we don't actually, our inner dialogue never actually says heaving bosom. You know, it never, never has. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, I mean, the closest is you're running up the stairs. Oh, I better hold them, hold these puppies in. That's yeah, about it. Yeah, pretty much. Or, ow, I just hit myself in the eye. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> or, hey, this makes it a convenient shelf for my cup when I'm walking around at a party. That's that's pretty much where it ends. So, uh, yeah. So, again, not a series I've been reading for a long time, but I've read a lot of them. So, it's it's right up there. It's become one of my very favorite things to read. So. All of mine kind of sound hoity-toity when I line them up next to each other, but they're not. <laughs> okay. Um, well, except for the Sookie Stackhouse series. <laughs> right. <laughs> uh, you know what? I, I'm just saying what's left kind of sounds hoity-toity, but uh, I'll tell you they're really good. So this one is called, uh, it's a series, it's only two books in the series called Shanghai Girls. Mm-hmm. It's by Lisa C. So Lisa C. is a Chinese-American author, mm-hmm. and the setting is, for the first book, is in San Francisco in um, right when Chinatown was being built, mm-hmm. uh, which was not very long after the fire in San Francisco. So when the whole town is kind of rebuilding. And so the premise is that they are migrating to the United States. It is fascinating, hmm. but it's such a good story. And the the two girls that were coming across from the United States, they were like models, but this was before photographs. So they were actually painted, you know, mm-hmm. on calendars and stuff like that. Right. It's a really fascinating series. It was one of these books that I read for a book club and I just couldn't put it down. Mm-hmm. It was so good. So the original one is uh, Shanghai Girls, and then the second one it takes place like 15 years later, and it actually goes back to China. Fascinating, the history there. You know, I like these historical fictions where I, I get to learn a lot, but at the same time have a story to follow. It helps me picture it. Yeah, I'm with you on that. Yeah, I have not heard of that one, so I will check it out for sure. I'm all, Again, I'm always on the lookout for for new books, when you just read literally anything that'll pop up in the library, it's like, oh, new book. Okay, somebody's read it. Great. Let me go find that. All right. Well, the next one on mine is uh, is always controversial as to whether it's a series or whether it's one single book that was broken up, which it is. But since most people think of it as series, it goes for my list here either way. And that is, of course, The Lord of the Rings by J.R.R. Tolkien. Yep. Uh, again, I love, you know, I I saw The Hobbit cartoon as a kid there's a like 1977 the cartoon hobbit was our go-to movie as little kids we watched the shit out of this movie and i think at one point we tried watching lord the lord of the rings they have a, a similar version of it but they never finished it like i think it only goes through like the two towers and it's super cheesy and it's got some musical numbers in it which is a little weird on some 
aspects. So I ne- I never got into it. We did read The Hobbit as a kid because my mom had us read it to her. And then I never read The Lord of the Rings. I just I just kind of lost interest and didn't move forward with it until the first Lord of the Rings movie came out. And when that one came out, I was like, holy shit, this is really good. I'm gonna have to sit down and read the series because it's not remotely what I kind of remember thinking it was about when I was a kid trying to understand. Because The Hobbit really was written more for children. It's it's more, you know, narrative and things like that. But The Lord of the Rings is not. It is epic and it is huge and it is a lot to wrap your brain around. So I sat down and I read the books and I was like, oh my God, this is so good. And I've probably read them once a year since. Um, though I do have certain things that I skip every time. <laughs> I read them the, <laughs> read them through the first time. And then after that, I was like, this is completely pointless to the rest of the story. Like the entire, I, I know you haven't read them yet, but there's an entire section on the old forest and then the Barrow Downs and this character, Tom Bombadil, who is kind of an interesting little guy. He's a w- little weird guy. Uh, and it's good to read through the first time, but it can, and they'll even tell you like in the book, they're like, why don't we go back to that? They're like, oh, he has nothing like to do with this whole story. Like it's just, and a whimsical little aside that waylaid on the side of the road. So it just, I skip it every time I read it because I just mm-hmm. don't have, I just don't have the, don't have it in me to read boring asides in things. So outside yeah. of those like two or three chapters, I, I just absolutely love it. And it's, it's honestly time for me to read it again. So I, I have not read it. And for some reason, it's just not, oh, I don't know. It's never drawn me in. I mean, the bo- the movie's great, mm-hmm. but I don't know about the books. Well, I would love for us to do them at some point, so maybe read them. Um, yeah. <laughs> I was actually really torn between, for September this year, you know, we announced last week we're going to be doing Shark Month, which is going to be awesome, super mm-hmm. excited. But I was also really, really torn between either Shark Month or lord of the rings month because the month of september which is when my birthday is is also when bilbo baggins birthday is so i was like hey that'd be great um but i settled on sharks this time because sharks uh it's yeah. shark you know we just had shark week finish up and it's amazing so yeah so anyway we're, i would like to do it in the future at some point but i do think it's really good for people to read especially if you're in the nerding world uh, mostly I would say because a lot of people pretend like they've read it, but never have. So you can always catch them up in trivia and make them feel stupid. So that's fun. Yeah. <laughs> well, I've never pretended to read it, so I'm good. Well, I said guys. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's always guys. <laughs> ah, okay. So anyway. All right. So the next one, we actually, I actually had not read until we covered it on our podcast, mm-hmm. uh, but it was Pride and Prejudice. Okay. Not Pride and Prejudice with Zombies. I mean, I read that too. Right. But uh, um, by Jane Austen. And I'm telling you, I just keep going back to it. You know, I, I listen to mostly my audiobooks before I go to bed. And because I've heard this one and read this one so many times, I it's just very comfortable to me to turn it on and, you know, kind of fall asleep. And I like the prose. And I just am surprised how much I enjoyed it. So much so that I read Sense and Sensibility too. But it's not as good as Pride and Prejudice. Yeah, I haven't moved on to that one. We, like you said, we did it for the book club. So I read it for that as well. I was supposed to have read it in high school, but didn't. Uh, totally just read the Cliff's Notes and moved on because I didn't get it. And, and I'm with you. Like once you kind of get it 
and you're in the in joke, like, oh my gosh, this is the best book ever because it completely just thumbs its nose at Victorian era, you know, society kind of thing. And the expectation that women are literally nothing if they don't have not just a man, but like the right man. Like it's, it's yeah. very, it's very interesting in that capacity. And I think if I had read it that way younger, I would have enjoyed it more. And I'm with you on the like, the language always caught me up. And I think that's why I just got annoyed with it, because I don't necessarily like that flowery language. But I think if you're using something as a bedtime aid, it's very nice to listen to, even if you add zombies into it, it's still very nice, because you're just like, (laughs) Oh, this is amazing. They're having a love affair. Whoa, zombie. Like, (laughs) so that was was just very, I I thought that was just hilarious myself. Um, Yeah, it was funny. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, it's one I need to I need to go back and and listen to it again or read I read it and I need to listen to the audiobook on it just to, you know, get another another pass at it. Very good. All right, so the next series on my list um is probably going to be no surprise to anybody, but it's the Thrawn series by Tim- Timothy Zahn, so it is a Star Wars book. Um and I am talking about the most recent series, so he's got 3 books in it right now. But also even just going back to the books of his that are now considered legend that are not part of the canon anymore. He was really the first person and you and I got to go to his panel at Comic Palooza. So that was super fun. And to just Mm -hmm. listen to him talk that like there was Star Wars and then there was no Star Wars for like a lot of years between the last movie and when somebody wrote a book. And they basically went to him and said, hey, would you like to write a book about this? And he's like, sure, I'll give it a go. And those first Tron, the first three Thrawn books, the Thrawn trilogy are amazing. And they're really what sparked my entire interest in reading more about the Star Wars galaxy. And again, I didn't come to those until, um, let's say 2012, 2013, something like that. So I was an adult, like, and we had already had the prequels and, at that point, there really hadn't been any mention that there was going to be more in the way of the Star Wars world. It was before the uh, the Lucasfilm, you know, sellout to Disney. And then, so I read those books. I was like, wow, they're so good. And then I, you know, we had the information that, oh, hey, they've been repurchased and they're going to reset the canon. So now we only have these certain things that are still in, you know, in true fashion, but we're now we're going to start a whole new series of books. So pretty much from the beginning of that, I have now read every single Star Wars book that has come out since the canon reset. And honestly, a couple that were uh, legends that kind of slipped into my uh, frame of reference at the time. So yeah, this really sparked it for me. And I would say that he, you know, up there, you know, like Christy Golden is amazing. And Claudia Gray is really good. Like there's a lot of really great people who write for Star Wars. But I think Timothy Zahn is the quintessential Star Wars author, in my opinion. Yeah. Oh, I agree. I I really loved him. And then it was really cool during his panel where he talked about Zahn coming back. Zahn. Thrawn. (laughs) Thrawn coming back. Mm -hmm. Um, And, you know, kind of the inside story behind that. Because you usually can't, you never hear that until after it all gets announced. And uh, so that was kind of fun. And you could see that he had excitement too when, when he heard Thrawn was coming back. Yeah, absolutely. And, and you know, I just finished reading the third book and I'm not going to tell you anything about it other than I really enjoyed it much along everything else. I just love for him. It's not even just how well he does story because he does story amazing, but the character development that he does 
and giving you the insight into the mind of the characters that he's working with is just heads and shoulders above really a lot of other writers just in general. Like you don't really get a lot of that inner monologue with most um, written characters. I mean, you, you might, and you might hear and there, but nobody quite does it like, like Timothy's on, in my opinion. So what else you got? All right. This is another book we covered on uh, the book club. And when we discussed having a book club, it was the first one that came to my mind Mm -hmm. and I wanted you to read it. And it was the princess bride by (laughs) William Goldman. Look, it's so fucked up. (laughs) I just love this book. I don't know what to say. I love it almost more than the movie, but they kind of are so separate and different that I don't need to worry about it only the only the one only the main story is exactly the same but there's so much in both of those that are about the ancillary story yeah absolutely the book on that again i'd seen the movie dozens and dozens of times and just loved it and you're like let's read the book i was like all right and then i started reading i was like what the fuck has happened like 90 percent of the book is not the story there's like a whole other book written in there this guy's head and just mumbling through it and but it's genius like the way he does it is amazing and i think with a lot of other writers you would just get annoyed with it and be like "Ah, fuck off you don't even know what you're doing but he does it so beautifully and you really start questioning whether the things he's writing is like is this is this real like he writes about it so much like it is and he's writing it as a you know as an aside from the author that you think this is his life but it's it's not even that is fiction yeah. yeah all of it's fiction so if you haven't read it, I would say definitely give it a roll because it's interesting. You could read, listen to our book club with it as well. So, you know, when the, when it came out was before the internet, so you had no way to like look this shit up, right? Okay, you know, you talked about uh, you know your mom reading The Hobbit to you, mm-hmm. and you read it. You know, we did that with The Princess Bride, mm-hmm. and um, so it's really it's just it just has a place in my heart as a result of it. But I just. It just cracks me up, the whole thing. And I don't think I could do audiobook on this because I'd have to read it in the voices that I know. And mm-hmm. But it is a great book. It will make you laugh, seriously. Yeah, it's really funny. It's just bizarre. Yeah. And I still say things like, you know, well, this was before hot dogs, but after hats. And, you know, before I had 27 pieces of luggage, but before I had three. You know what I mean? Like, just... His weird yeah. little asides just stick they with you. They were so unusual. Yeah. And we did that episode way back before Pancakes, but after Burberry. Like, it just, again, <laughs> yeah. just really very strange. So it's that one's so worth a read. Yeah. So the, the last series on my list is Jurassic Park. And there's really only two books in this. But again, it's it's spurred these movie sequels that are still rolling today, well long after there were only two books. And I I think I watched the movie first and then read the book. And the book is very, very quite different than the movie. And I think if I had read the book first and then saw the movie, I would not have enjoyed the movie. But I saw it the other way around. So I love the movie and I see them as completely different entities. And Michael Crichton being like a medical doctor, like he writes science and science fiction really, really well because he blends so much of like real stuff in or real, you know, real research and things that have happened in the field. But, you know, then takes this like monster approach to it, which is just beautiful across most of his work. Yeah, I I know that he's really well known for his research that he plays into things. And 
Um, I think I remember watching an interview with him where he actually was researching like uh, something to do with like a plane crash. Yep. While he was on a plane. Yep. And people next to him are like, dude, why are you reading that right, stuff right, right now? Right. They're like, fuck <laughs> off. This is terrible. Yeah. I even read one of his uh, recently because again, he, he actually died the exact same day as Tony Hillerman. Like back in, it was like 2006 or something. I don't really remember the date, but they died on like the same day or within a day of each other. And my whole world just kind of crashed down because it's like two of my favorite authors gone in like 24 hour period. This is terrible. Yeah. Like, so I read Jurassic Park and then I loved it. And so I read The Lost World and it's, it's not as quite as good, but it's, the book is still really good. I really enjoyed the book. Um, The Lost World movie, eh, not as much, but you know, I, I've, I've enjoyed what they've made out of it after the fact. Um, but then again, I just spiraled down into a lot of his other books and, you know, Congo and Next. And the one that I just read um, within the last year was Dragon Teeth. And he actually wrote this book in like 1973, but it was never published, or at least he wrote a lot of notes on it. And so it was, it was released posthumously. So it's after he died, they, you know, they put this together and made a book out of it. So it wasn't. It wasn't a story that I liked as much as everything else. But again, if somebody else is kind of half ghost writing it, you can only expect that. But Congo, though, wasn't the greatest. Uh, they released it after Jurassic Park did so well. The book was pretty good. The movie is hot garbage. And I still kind of love it. So I can't. I mean, it's not like, oh, my God, this movie's amazing because it's not. It is pretty terrible oh, and there's I, I loved it but like uh tim curry in it is fucking hilarious and was it delroy lindo is a <laughs> do you like my sesame cake like just there's so many like hilarious lines in that and i just i love it i like the cocoa want green drop drink yeah <laughs> amy. Talking- amy. amy i'm sorry yeah. <laughs> i'm sorry it was clearly based on cocoa and it gets in my head or, i know no, not cocoa but yeah yeah i got it yeah Green drop drink. He's feeding her martinis with a like a half a Xanax thrown in a banana or some shit. So <laughs> I was like, you know what, Amy, I want to fly like that too. That's the only way. Might as well go in style <laughs> or unconscious. That sounds yeah. better. Yeah. So, anyways, those were the ones on my series list, like my top five. I would say. Yeah, I do have one other, and mm-hmm. it's also it's also historical fiction. And I have not read all of the books in it because of the order in which it come out. But um, there, Philip Gregory does the Tudor Court series, mm-hmm. which is um, Henry VIII's, like the other Boleyn girl. That's this part of the series. Right. And that's actually the first book I read of hers is the other Boleyn girl. And I liked it so much that I read the next one and the next one and the next one. And then the prequels. And then uh, the Tudors were fucking fascinating. Mm-hmm. And um, she also was a writer, or I guess somehow involved as an expert for the Tudors, the TV series on HBO, which unfortunately this book kept spoiling me. Mm-hmm. These books kept spoiling me. And I would be like, damn it. I, right. I wanted that guy to live. I, you know, right. Her series is really good. So she does um, the Tudor series, and then the um, before that, she calls it the Cousins War series. So I, I highly recommend it. Even though the other Bolin girl technically is the ninth book in the series, it's not the ninth one that she wrote. It was like the first one she wrote, right? But. I, I would stick with the t- Tudor series first, then you can go on to the Cousins World um, War ones. They're a little weirder, mm-hmm. but super good. Lots of fun. 
Very cool. So, uh, like, yeah, I had a couple of other books that were just kind of standalones that are on my list of things that, you know, I listen to a lot or like Paul and I will listen to on road trips rather than finding a new book. We'll just, you know, go back and keep listening to ones we love. And one of them is a another book club episode of ours, which was Ready Player One by Ernest Klein. Love it. If you only ever saw the movie, I highly recommend giving the book a chance instead. And for me, most specifically, the audiobook, because Will Wheaton recites it, and I love it. I know you have to listen to him on, like, fast forward, but I love him. Uh, 1.25. <laughs> um, so, and, and in the same vein is Ernest Klein's other book, Armada, which is amazing. And it's basically, like, if you ever watched... um what was it? The Last Starfighter from the 80s, that movie. It's basically kind of what this book is. Uh, and he even references The Last Starfighter in the book, which is also fun for me. Because again, he has a lot of really nostalgic stuff. So this one is another one that's about video games, um, but basically using video games as uh, like military, uh, uh, like flight simulators, like learning how to, mm-hmm. you know, like combat simulators basically yeah so i highly recommend that one it's great and then the other one that i just absolutely love and listen to all the time is the martian by andy weir so you probably saw the movie with matt damon which is also great the book is just fantastic it's a little different than the way the movie's laid out because it's a journal obviously so it's 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 you know there obviously the movie has taken some you know, artistic license with this, but it's just funny. It's, I don't know. I just love it. So. Yeah. From what I understand, it was really, really well written and really accurate, except for the cause of the initial crash, but everything else is like pretty good. From mm-hmm. what I understand. Right. Well, I think there's a lot of things that you're like, okay, uh, how exactly did the laptop stay working? Um, after the hab blew out because hello, the L and LCD is liquid. It would have totally frozen. But, you know, yeah. whatever. Other yeah. than that. Okay. Yeah, that probably would be true. <laughs> so, <laughs> all right. Uh, did you have any other books? Oh, well, I could talk about books for days, but I'm pretty sure everybody zoned out after I said Star Wars. So, you know. <laughs> no, that's uh-huh. that's pretty much all. Again, we just wanted to talk about books because I, I just love them. You know, if it came down to, like, what would you rather have? I mean, obviously, books and music for me would be, like, a real close tie as to which one I couldn't live without. So, All right. Well, my co- internet quote of the week is in context. Mm-hmm. It's actually, like, two years old, but nonetheless. Doesn't still matter. in context. All right. So this is from at Save the Mayo Tea. And she wrote, if females writers wrote characters of the opposite sex, like male writers do. And here's her her excerpt from her. He walked downstairs, noticing how his limp penis pressed against the front of his underwear, his nubile balls dangling hairily below. <laughs> it's true. They always talk about, oh, you know, like her nipples and, you know, things like that. I'm like, you know what? I'm not consciously aware of my nipples most of the time. Yeah, unless something hits it or something and I go, ow, then I don't pay attention to them pretty much ever. Yeah. Like they, no, they're not just random. Ooh, I'm, I'm so intrigued in what you're saying that my nipples just got erect. What? Exactly. It's not a thing unless it's cold. That didn't happen. So I know, like, like my hair, I feel like, yeah, I kind of know what it's doing at most times, but my nipples, they can be doing anything. <laughs> <laughs> they 
probably are. You never know. <laughs> but they yeah, never I, know. I am much less aware of my sex organs on an ongoing day-to-day basis than male writers seem to think we as women are. Yeah, exactly. And and generally, when we think about them, we don't really describe them in as no. such. No, certainly yeah. not. Certainly not. Yeah. So. I like right. to see an actual romance novel written by a man. I've seen a couple that were from a male perspective as opposed to the female, which I actually kind of like. It's it's always kind of interesting to see the other side of what does it mean? So that part I, I enjoy, but I've yet to run across one that was written by a dude that wasn't yeah, just like I, porn. Yeah, I haven't either. Yeah, yeah, I don't know. All right. Okay, well, I guess that's all we have going on this week. So we will see you guys next time. All right. Happy Book Lovers Day. Happy National Book Lovers Day. Yep. There you go. All right. So for only for our American friends, the rest of you can go screw. Right. Fuck off. Yeah. (laughs) Or not. Or read a book anyway. (laughs) All right. All right. See ya. Hey, Heather. So have you been listening to a lot of podcasts this week? I have because I'm getting paid for them. I know. I love it. I've listened to probably 12 to 20 hours of podcasting in the last week. And it's just insane that I'm racking up the coins on PodCoin while I'm doing it. It's given me an excuse to listen to them because I'm able to either gather my coins for charity or actually gather my coins for me. Yay. So you guys should check out PodCoin too. We really love it. It's increased our listenership. We are earning coins for doing so. It's available if you are Apple or Android. Super fun. And if you want to get 300 free coins, all you have to do is use our code, which is nerdy, N-E-R-D-Y. And you can get those free coins to get you started. All right. So keep on listening. Music provided by www.bensound.com, and please email feedback to contact us at nerdybitches.com. I'm so intrigued in what you're saying that my nipples just got erect.